And now, the Time Fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Headline number one, I want to salute my man, the bearded wonder, Josh Musel and his wife, Tanisha, on the birth of their baby boy, Aiden. Uh, salute to you all uh, as you move from man and wife to a family. May God bless you richly, and I'm praying for you. All right, in fight headlines, there have been a number of MMA-related movies and TV shows, but never one with the star power of Bruised. It's got an Academy Award winner for its director and the lead role. It's a story of fictional fighter Jackie Justice, a disgraced MMA pro who's confronted by her six-year-old son that she walked out on years before. And that is according to the outlet that got this from. Now, Jackie, according to this, is going to have to fight one of the sport's rising stars and face her demons as she strives to become a good mother for her son. The director and the lead are one and the same. And it's Halle Berry, y'all. Halle Berry is going to star in and direct a movie about MMA. And I'm sorry, it couldn't be more poetic justice for Jackie's name to be Justice, seeing as Halle Berry's name was Justice uh, when she was married the first time. Back in the 90s, um, I love Halle Berry. I was very upset when she married David Justice. I just felt like he wasn't the man for her. And I felt like she needed to allow me to graduate high school and meet her so that we could be married and uh, I can make her life wonderful. You know, and show her all about the the love of Jesus uh, through the way that I loved her. (sighs) But... God saw fit to do things differently uh, and knew that my wife, Athena, was the one who needed that love, not uh, Miss Barry so much. But uh, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. Uh, The reports also state that the training she's been doing for John Wick 3 is helping her with um, this MMA. Now, Halle Berry is like about 51, 52 now. I know that there'll probably be body doubles and things associated with this for her, but I'm interested in seeing how she pulls these off. If anyone has seen the John Wick movies, uh, please hit your man the voice up on all social media. That's T-H-A, V as in Victor, O, Y as in Yankee, Z as in Zulu, E as in Echo. I haven't seen any of them. I very rarely get to see movies since I've had children and just kind of mess all that up. But, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen her in these movies, so I don't know how she does in that physical aspect. 
of things. I know she was Catwoman many, many moons ago, and she seemed to do well there. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how she pulls off these fight choreography scenes. And I can't wait. All right. Someone who will have to wait is former UFC heavyweight champion Fabricio Verdun. He tested positive for a prohibited substance and got a two-year sanction from USADA. So Verdun's 41 now. He'll be 43 before he'll be eligible to fight in the UFC again. Tested positive for Trenbolone and its metabolite, Epitrenbolone. Both of those were uh, found in an out-of-competition urine test. If you know anything about steroid usage, and this is a steroid, it is an anabolic steroid, um, the urine test means that that was pretty uh, pretty recent. The blood, it stays in the blood longer than it does in the urine. Uh, that test was conducted back in April of 2018 and his suspension will last until May 22nd of uh, 2018 which is when the provisional or I should say provisional suspension started so yeah he's out of commission for a good two years what it'll do I don't know how does that impact his uh, his broadcast career if you didn't know, Verdun serves as one of the commentators for the UFC, their Spanish language broadcast, which is one of the reasons why he was so well received in Mexico City when the UFC made their debut there. And he won the interim heavyweight championship against Mark Hunt. So yeah, I don't know how this impacts any of that. I've not seen any of the other uh, correspondents or I should say the other media personality who are fighters who've had these kind of issues. So, yeah, and he already has had his run in with uh, being a supporter of a Chechen dictator and then uh, throwing <laughs> boomerangs at Kobe Covington, uh, making uh, gay slurs and talking bad about Reebok so yeah I don't know how this is going to impact him uh, as far as his legacy is concerned there's been a lot of talk about that probably doesn't impact him much I mean this is becoming kind of just just run of the mill as far as fighters are concerned seeing uh, big name people fall out as far as steroids are concerned it what it does is it puts a nice, bright, shining light on those who compete cleanly. So, if anything, it helps in that case. But as far as what he's done, um, and especially the time frame in which he did it, um, yeah, I, I don't think it does much to tarnish his legacy. All right, let's close out headlines and hot takes with some Bellator news Max Holloway Courtney Casey BJ Penn Brad Tavares Yancy Medeiros 
This is about Bellator, right? Why are you talking about all these UFC fighters' voice? Because they're going to be mad. Why? Because Bellator is hosting their December 15th card in Hawaii. That's right. The 5-0. Bellator is going to be there in Honolulu. Putting on a card. And who's at the top of the card? Who? None other than the champ, Alimale McFarlane. That's right, the Eliminator, Hawaii's own. She is going to be defending her title against Valerie Trouble Letourneau. Oh, man. I mean, that, that's absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Again, something that Max Holloway has been stomping for for a while. Every time he wins, UFC Hawaii, let's go. Let's go. UFC Hawaii, you got me, you got Yancey, you got uh, you know, BJ back in the in the mix, you got Brad Tavares, let's get it done. Well, uh, Bellator beat him to the punch. Hey, all's fair in love and combat sports. Now, making his Bellator debut will be former light heavyweight champion Lyoto the Dragon Machida taking on the former middleweight champion for Bellator in Rafael Carvalho also on this card you have the young guns in the welterweight Grand Prix you have the the person from the legendary Gracie family, Neiman, taking on one of the most decorated amateur wrestlers ever and surging welterweight prospect in Ed Ruth, easy Ed Ruth. This will be a part of the welterweight Grand Prix opening round. And if you know anything about Bellator and you know anything about the welterweight Grand Prix, you know that each and every one of those fights is on DAZN exclusively. And DAZN has been making some noise this week. They released the app earlier this week. I pre-registered, so I got information about that. Downloaded on my phone, downloaded on my Xbox One, and it has been nice. I've been enjoying having the zone. But that's not it all. They also just inked a deal to be the English language broadcast partner for Kombache Americas. That is the organization that's headed by Campbell McLaren, one of the founders of the UFC, the man who really helped to get them on television through pay-per-view. He's been running this organization about three to four years now. When they started, they were on Fight Pass. Uh, They've been on a number of uh, Latino stations, or I should say Spanish-speaking stations, and they cater to the Spanish-speaking market. This will be where their English broadcast will be housed. Uh, for the past couple of years, they've only been in Spanish uh, wherever they've been shown. 
So they're uh, dipping their toe back into the English language broadcast. And I'm looking forward to it because Kombacha has some very good fights and some very good fighters. A number of the people from tough Latin America who may not have made it into the UFC are fighting there. You also have other fighters of Latin origin who are fighting there who are notable, uh, most notably, Goito Perez, Eric Perez. Uh, and I'm sure that had Yair Rodriguez actually been released, he was going to be headed there as well. Uh, but yeah, Kambache is a great, great pickup for the zone. Looking forward to seeing who else and what other, um, what other sports and specifically combat sports they pick up. I am not a paid advertiser for the zone. If the uh, zone, if y'all want to throw a couple dollars your man's way, I will take them and gladly uh, preach the message of the combat cornucopia that is the zone. Uh, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to continuing to see fights. All right, next up. I'm going to keep talking about the zone in the old one, two. Fight fans, I got so excited about all the headlines and hot takes that I missed one. And this is a big one because it's about the biggest MMA card for 2018 thus far which is UFC 229, the Eagle, Khabib Nurmagomedov, taking on the notorious Conor McGregor. A lot of people have been talking about the lack of press that has taken place for this fight. Well, we've got our first press conference taking place, and that in and of itself makes headlines. Why? Couple reasons. One it takes place at the scene of the crime, figuratively. It'll be in New York City. New York won't be in Brooklyn, where all the just foolery, tomfoolery went down. But it will be in New York, New York, at Radio City Music Hall. Not uncommon for the UFC to host press conferences there. Here's what is uncommon, though. Only the press will be invited. You're in Radio City Music Hall with Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov. Large Russian population in Brooklyn. Not difficult for them to get to Radio City Music Hall. Huge Irish population in New York. Not difficult for them to get to Radio City Music Hall. But the only people that'll be in the press conference, which could be massive. I mean, just loads of people screaming and hollering at everything that the fighters have to say. It'll only be the press. Now, no one's come out and said this specifically, but it's thought that only the press will be there because of the concerns for security. Again, they're in New York, which is not only the media capital of the world, but also the same place that Connor went after 
Habib with the dolly. Now, did he get him? No. But he definitely got him up and ready for the fight. He was like, hey, you just tell me the place and the time and I'll be there. Now we know that the place is T-Mobile Arena. The time is the first Saturday in the month of October. But could something break out beforehand? Could be. Connor's been saying some disparaging things about Habib's father, who Habib loves. And Habib is not the only one who loves him. He has loyal, loyal fighters that he has trained. Uh, nephews that are now sons and a host of other fighters that run with Habib that are loyal to and love the father because of what he's done to help change their lives through MMA training and through combat sambo training. You got all that. You got Connor who rolls deep as far as his entourage is concerned. So for security and safety's sake, yeah, I get why no one is there. It's still an awful, uh, weird look, especially to be in a, a venue as large as Radio City Music Hall and to only have press. I guess they're suspecting that a whole lot of press will show up. And I'm sure this will be streamed via Fight Pass. So uh, this time next week when I bring the main card to you, I'll definitely have an update as to what took place at this historic and odd press conference. We got a full card for the old one to this weekend. Let me start off with a quick recap of what happened last week in the world of boxing. Sean Porter got the unanimous decision win in Danny Garcia's hometown of Brooklyn at the Barclays Center where Danny has been fighting consistently and stacking up his victories. Well, his O had to go and Sean Porter said, hold this L, giving the surging Garcia his first loss and claiming the vacant WBC welterweight belt. That took place on Showtime on HBO. You had Donnie Nitez taking on Aston Policy. And they fought to a controversial draw. Why was it controversial? Because Nietzsche's landed many, 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 many more punches. But Palisite, or Palisite, I know I'm messing this up. Aston, I can say that. <laughs> he threw many more punches. So I guess uh, some scored volume and activity and others scored it for the effectiveness either way it goes it was a draw both of these fighters are from the philippines uh, so them doing it again there in the philippines will be a good look all right in headlines and hot takes i closed out talking all about the zone 
And I said I was going to be talking a lot about them in the 012. Why? Because they messed around and gave us a fight on Saturday. Amir Khan fought Samuel Vargas and the zone broadcasted, but they did not use their app to do that. No, no, no. They hadn't released the app yet. So they said, let's whet their appetites with a high level fight and we'll put it on Facebook Live and Twitter. And if you didn't get to see it there, you can see it on the zone it uh it is there it's available when i subscribed that was one of the first things i did was watch that fight and it was so much easier to get to than trying to find it via uh facebook and or twitter now the undercard was kind of easy to find on uh facebook but i was more interested in the main event i mean this is boxing you watch boxing to see those at the top of the card and that's what i wanted to see fortunately the zone had it broken out where i could go right to that fight and that fight only and it seems as if they sped up the time in between rounds as it seemed like it was only about 30 seconds in the normal minute that you would see in a fight so if you didn't get to see it let me give you a quick round by round breakdown round one kind of had an impressive about three or four really really nice crisp combinations and that was really the story of the fight was kind of his combinations or i should say one of the stories of the fight and definitely one of the main reasons why he won but he spread those out over the three minutes to win that round round two Khan comes out on the offensive and drops vargas in about the first 16 seconds of the round. Then, with about 15 seconds left in the round, Vargas missed a shot. He uh, he was throwing a one-two. He missed the one, but came through with the two and handed Khan a cup of sat down, to quote my man Tyron Woodley, and did that with just a couple seconds left in the round. Khan answered the eight count, but the round was over. Round three happens after a low blow. Vargas is trying to spin out of the clinch, and he got caught with a right with at, or I should say, what seemed to be the back of his head, and he did complain that it was a rabbit punch, but after watching the replay, you could clearly see it was behind the ear, but it wasn't a rabbit punch. So uh, Khan... Got the knockdown. He was scored for the knockdown, and rightfully so. Round four started with two heavy hooks ripped to Vargas' body, and with about a minute left, they traded in the pocket with Khan getting the better of it. At the two-minute mark of round five, Khan opened up with some vicious combos that could have dropped or even stopped the fight. It looked like the ref was coming in to stop it, but Vargas is tough, man. And I don't know how he stayed up right, but he did it. On the round six, Vargas did some good body work, including keeping Khan in the corner for about 30 to 45 seconds of the fight. Uh, if there was a fight, or I should say there was a round to be judged for Khan, or not Khan, Vargas, this would be the first one. Round seven, they traded in the pocket, and around the midway point of the round, uh, the crisp combos of Khan helped secure it. Round eight, 
it was the footwork and combos of Khan that won him the round. Round nine, the ropes kept Vargas up after he was hit with a hard right to close out a combo. Round 10, Vargas corner Khan again, but he didn't do as much as he did in round six uh, when he had him in the corner. Uh, he did twist his jaw in the final seconds as Khan was backing up with his hands down, and that possibly could have cost Khan the round. In round 11, it was pretty nondescript. Khan ran and danced most of the time. Vargas chased but was ineffective. And in round 12, Khan opened up with a combo, and Vargas' toughness shined because it would have stopped or put down many a lesser fighter. Across the scorecards, Khan won by unanimous decision. Some of the commentators stated that they think Khan fights down to the level of his opponent or fights down to the received level of his opponent. Vargas was just tough. That's the bottom line. I don't know what this does for Khan. I don't know how uh, likely some of the major fighters like a Errol Spence or like a Kell Brooks who was sitting ringside will be to fight him. Or they actually may be more inclined to fight him because though he won and won fairly convincingly, he didn't dominate the entire fight and did a lot of things that against fighters with more power could end the night for Amir Khan. All right. Like I said, I am talking about the zone a whole lot in the old one, too. And next week, they will be making their official debut for boxing on the app with Anthony Joshua taking on Alexander Povetkin. If all things go well, AJ wants to square off against Deontay Wilder, Wilder excuse me, at Wembley on April 13th. And that would be such a beautiful way to kick off spring. Now, we're in the old one, too. We're talking about boxing. And what bigger boxing event is there this year than Triple G and Canelo is going down on Saturday. And it is such a huge event. It cannot be contained by the old one, too. So your man, The Voice, is going to do a special episode of the main card where I chop it up with El Capitan. That's right. The visionary, the head of MTMV Sports, Rick Sincere, be talking with him about the biggest boxing match of the year. So make sure that you are subscribing to MTMV Sports wherever you get your podcast, whether that be uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Republic, you name it, wherever you're listening to podcasts, make sure you subscribe to MTMV Sports because we're going to keep you fed, fight fans. We're going to make sure you got the information you need before the fight takes place and a recap for you after everything. All right, next up, we'll talk about UFC Moscow. 
for the first time in history. The octagon will touch down in Moscow, Russia. And that takes place on Saturday, February 18th. This fight will be broadcast on Fight Pass. And the headliner has 13 and 12 and 1. Mark the Super Samoan Hunt taking on 56, 11 and 1. And I did not stutter. I did not say that incorrectly. 56, 11 and 1. Alexi the Boa Constrictor. Olenic. This is a heavyweight fight. And the headliner for the UFC's first foray into Moscow, Russia. When he's not fighting Lesnar and or the UFC in court, Mark the Super Samoan Hunt has been trading wins and losses in the octagon. And this has happened since it's no contest to Brock back at UFC 200. If the streak continues, he should win. And all of his wins since then have been by KO. Now with 68 total fights, 68, Olenek has fought nearly everybody, including Jail Sonnen. He lost to Jail. But the boa constrictor has been on an Ezekiel choke roll since being in the UFC. This is a classic striker versus grappler matchup. These combatants have victories over common opponents in Crow Cop. And they both suffered their last losses to Curtis Blades. If my count is correct, this might be Hunt's last fight in the UFC. I think he had about four fights or so. He said that he had four fights after his no contest to Brock Lesnar. And he has been extremely vocal about his desire to leave the world leader in MMA. He's also been extremely vocal about fighting people on PEDs. And that's one of the reasons why he's upset with the UFC, because a number of the people that he has fought as of late have all tested positive at one time or another for performance enhancing drugs. Uh, starting off, or I should say what really tipped the scale for him was fighting Brock and him popping positive. And I think right before that, he fought Antonio uh, Bigfoot Silva, and he tested positive too in what was at that time uh, one of the greatest heavyweight fights there is. If you got fight pass, you can go back and see Hunt uh, Bigfoot won. Oh my goodness, that was a phenomenal fight. I digress though. If he does go to another organization, nobody else is testing like you saw the test. So the likelihood of him fighting a genetically enhanced opponent would be much greater outside the UFC. But he has made up his mind. He's got to go. Uh, he's talked about possibly going back to Japan. That's just wide open as far as um, as using performance enhancers is concerned. I don't think they test at all. But hey, whatever makes you happy, Mark, that's what's most important. The co-main event on this card is the Voices Marquee matchup, and it pits 
22 and 7. Jan Blahovich versus 24 and 5. Nikita, the minor Krylov. This will be contested at light heavyweight. Krylov said during the open workout that he left the UFC to make a comeback. And he's really glad that the UFC is finally in Moscow. I couldn't understand why the UFC allowed him to leave when they did. At that time, he was a rising star in the 205 division and had only lost one time since being in the UFC. Seems silly to me for them to let him go, but they did. He went out and ran out four wins in a row under the Fight Night's global banner and has really helped to raise his profile, specifically there in the Eastern Bloc. Now, if you include that last loss that he had in the UFC, he has been 9-1 over his past 10 fights. Now, the miners facing... A streaking Blahovich who hasn't lost since April of 2017. So three fights in a row, Blahovich has been winning. Is the UFC streak that Blahovich has been on better than the minor streak outside of the world leader? We won't know until the pin drops, the cage door locks, the thumbs go up, and they start the clock. There is another heavyweight fight on this card, and it pits former, and that pun is not intended whatsoever, but it pits former heavyweight champion Andre the Pitbull Arlovsky versus 18-4 Shamil Abrek Abdulhimov. And of course, this is at heavyweight. Arlovsky is 27 and 16 in his career. And the former champ has bounced around some gyms and has had some mixed results as of late. He was on fire when he came back to the UFC from the WSOF. Uh, but then he started losing and went on a long losing streak, including five fights over a two year period. And that didn't end until he picked up a unanimous decision win over Junior Albini last year. Uh, he followed that up with a win over Stefan Struve in March of this year. Then he picked up another L when he fought Taitu Uvasa in his hometown of Chicago, only to taste defeat in front of the Windy City fans. Now, the Belarusian is looking to rebound uh, as he's fighting in the Eastern Bloc for the first time in nearly five years. He may not get the love that you would think a legend like him would get in this region because he's facing another, or not another, but he's facing a Russian, actually uh, from Dagestan, but he's facing a Russian in Abrek. Shamil has gone three and two, in his UFC tenure, his last fight, uh, he stopped Chase Sherman by KO. But this is his first fight in 2018. So will the time off uh, be beneficial for, as uh, Derek Lewis so eloquently said, Shamala Abadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadab
Will that time off be good for him? Was he able to work on his skills? I don't know. Will this be the swan song for the Pitbull? Could be. Will this be a launching pad for the Pitbull to get back on track and headed toward another shot at the title, which he wants so desperately? No one knows. That's the beauty of MMA. Anything can happen. All right, the first fight on the main card, the curtain jerker, pits Alexei Kunichenko versus Tiago Pitbull Silva. That's right. You got the Pitbull and you got Pitbull both fighting on this card. Uh, Alexei is 18 and 0, undefeated, taking on the 22 and 12 Pitbull. This fight will be contested at welterweight and it looks like 2018 is gonna be pitbull's most active year in about three years because he's only fought once in 2016 and once in 2017 and those fights haven't necessarily turned out his way he tried some different things uh, his first fight back in I think 2016 was versus Carlos Condit. Then he said, hey, you know what? I think I can get down to 155 pounds. And he did. And it didn't work out well for him as he lost that fight too. So now the former welterweight title challenger is back at his natural weight class. And he will face an undefeated prospect in the M1 vet, Kunicheko. Alexi will look to test Silva's chin as 13 of the undefeated fighters 18 wins have come due to stoppages from strikes this will be Tiago's 24th fight in the UFC alone the only person with more big show experience on this card is Pitbull will Alexi wilt under the bright lights of the world leader and the veteran savvy of Silva or will this be a coming out party in front of his countrymen for Kunichenko? You have to tune in to find out. The prelims for UFC Moscow have a couple fighters and fights that are worth paying attention to. One, you got Peter No Mercy Yan who made a splash in his UFC debut versus Terudo Ishihara back in June. The 25-year-old Bantamweight will have a homecoming fight in Russia versus Jin Susan. You got Merabek Tizamov taking on Desmond Green. Why is this fight intriguing? It's more so intriguing because I don't know how Desmond Green, one, was able to leave the country and two, how is he going to perform just after having an accident that took the lives of two senior citizens a couple weeks ago? That's a lot of weight to carry in general, much less to go across the world and fight with and tie off, man, <laughs> tie off is no one to trifle with yeah 
I don't know how this is going to turn out, but there's lots and lots of intrigue there. And in the curtain jerker, the very first fight of the night, you got Marab Davashili and Tyrion Flash where? This will be Flash's fourth fight in the UFC. And he hasn't won one yet. So even if he does win, he'll be one in three in his UFC career. And that might not be enough to avoid the pink slip. Marab is a native of the country of Georgia, and he's a Sarah Longo representative. He and his team felt that he got a bad call in his last fight versus Ricky Simon when he was choked unconscious in the final round. But the ref didn't notice until the fight was over. They called the fight. Ricky stood up and my man Marab was still laying there. They got together. The refs did outside. I was like, no, um, that should be a technical submission versus it just being the fight being over. Again, uh, there was some drama there. I don't know what the right call was, but he felt like he got a bad uh, shake on that one. And now he's back in the Eastern Bloc taking on someone who desperately needs a win. Desperately needs a win. Again, I don't know how he hasn't been cut already. But with all of that being said, in the curtain jerker, yeah, that's one fight that you might want to tune in for. Fight fans, to keep up with MTMV Sports, formerly Trackstar Sports, where you get the highest quality content from the most informed fans. As I stated earlier in this episode, make sure that you're following us on Twitter as well as on Instagram. New content gets released all the time on anchor.fm. Told you if you're an Android user, you can catch us on, or whatever user you are, you can catch us on Spotify and Stitcher. Uh, If you are an Android user, Podcast Republic is the spot to be in for your podcast because it works pretty much just like Apple Podcast does, but it does it for Android users. Uh, you go in, you subscribe to what you want, boom, it's there for you whenever it gets released. Uh, just like on my beautiful Apple Podcast platform. If you want to talk to me, I am at The Voice on all social media. That's T H A V O Y Z E. You can also join the Debate Fuel Facebook group and chop it up with myself and all of the other track, nah, not track star sports. <laughs> not anymore, at least. MTMV Sports Correspondence. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, host of the MTMV Sports main card, and I'm sounding off.